Ulterior. Just for the bag, there's a part of me that wants to start doing episodes like Bobby Altoff, where I just talk like this, really stoically and monotonously, no excitement or endearment in my cadence, just whatever this is. So this is a catch-up episode. I've been gone for the last few weeks. Do not worry about where I was. Just worry about me being back now. We have new singles by the likes of Dying Wish, Normandy, Catch Your Breath, Polaris, a few others to get through, and then a detailed look at the new record by Not A Toy. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tapping in. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Bro, when people tell Steph Curry to pull up, they mean from the three line, not to a Paramore show. But that is a thing that happened. Steph Curry got on stage recently and parallel to Haley Williams, he sang the bridge to Misery Business. And the way I found out about this was from a tweet that said he knew every word and sounded amazing. I don't know about gang sounding amazing, but from the video, he actually did exude an energy, demeanor, and stage presence that told me this wasn't just some random thing that may have been sprung on him. Curry looked genuinely happy to be there and in that spot, and I think that's pretty fucking sick. This also subsequently does now mean that the floodgates are open per se, and collaborations with scene bands and athletes enters the realm of possibility. So give us like, I don't know man, Trevor Lawrence on a Bad Omen stage, or Jimmy Butler with Spirit Box, weird shit like that. A news topic that I did want to bring up was the one concerning Pierce DeVille, and more specifically, their song Emergency Contact. Recently, that song gave the band their first number one spot on the Billboard Alternative Airplay chart. Now, I saw this headline, and my immediate thought was... They really might be one of the greatest bands the scene has and will ever see, yeah? Because the longevity that they've displayed in their star power, and that's even with a hiatus of a few years, more or less shows the legacy that Pierce the Veil have already carved. And it is a legacy that is appealing to all fans of the scene, new or old. Like, it doesn't matter if you jumped onto Pierce the Veil from King for a Day or Yeah Boy or Emergency Contact you have watched them in real time take the scene banner and be cornerstones and pillars. Emergency Contact getting this level of adulation years after their initial surge in popularity and on the cycle for a record that I don't think many older fans received that well is quite amazing in my opinion and it speaks to the legacy that I just spoke about. Good on Pierce the Veil, and good on everybody who has done their part to keep their imprint on alternative music alive at every turn. So I'm very eager to just get this episode up because it's been a long time coming and very prolonged and um, procrastinated. I don't know why it took me a minute to think of that word. So I'm not going to 
try and find like unique or creative or entertaining ways to bring out the singles. I'm just going to go through them as they're listed here. So first up is Watch My Promise Die by Dying Wish. Alongside Watch My Promise Die's release was the announcement of Dying Wish's new album, Symptoms of Survival, out on November 4th. Every time that I bring up the name of Dying Wish, whether that had been on their album two years ago, Fragments of a Better Memory, or Torn and Still Love from a couple months ago, I really try to hammer in how important I believe Dying Wish are to the current scene landscape, because there is this idea presented within their work that takes a throwback style of metalcore and modernizes it with the potential of also revolutionizing it. The song feels like it has two separate acts where the first one hones in on the unrelenting aggression that Dying Wish have mastered at this point, and then later on, the track has this heightened sense of emotion that culminates with Emma delivering what I personally believe is the best clean chorus that she has ever executed up to this point, and it is just as breathtaking as it is haunting, and I think you can easily apply those two terms to the rest of Watch My Promise Die as a whole. Dying Wish means more to the scene right now than I think a lot of people realize, and my hope is that that can be corrected once Symptoms of Survival releases. War Paint by Of Mice and Men There aren't many bands who I feel like I could conduct an entire episode or series on quite like Of Mice and Men, and the next chapter of that will unfold on October 6th with their album Tether. Warpaint does a lot of things correctly as a lead single for the outing. There is this established presence immediately within the track that is in alignment with the heavier moments in a Mice and Men's discography that will always be signature to their act, no matter how much time passes. Aaron Pauly's screams lend themselves to that cause heavily, as do his cleans once the chorus comes in, and it's the exact flawless delivery that I've come to expect from him and the rest of the band for that matter. Warpaint, in my opinion, serves as the exact start to a new record cycle that a Mice and Men needed, and coming off of a project like Echo that I was incredibly high on, the expectations that I have set for Tether are just as descriptive, and I also don't doubt the capabilities that a Mice and Men have to make this album count. Blood in the Water by Normandy. This is the first bit of new material from Normandy since their 2021 album, Dark and Beautiful Secrets, which I thought did a fantastic job at building off of the momentum and potential from earlier releases of the band, and cemented them, in my eyes, as a genuine must-listen act. Blood in the Water picks up where that record left off by providing listeners with 
this track that manages to be laid back and really fucking energetic simultaneously. Like, there is a really infectious rhythm going for the verses that carries over into the chorus where Philip Strand reminds everybody why he is one of the most overlooked and underrated vocalists in the scene today. There is a level of importance to Normandy's existence and impact that I don't think as many people are privy to as is necessary to get this band to the next phase of their careers, and I cannot stress enough how much I want that to change immediately because I truly believe in Normandy and everything they can provide for the scene. Blood in the Water is an absolute beast of a song, and I want to continue seeing Normandy take over everything. Nightmare by Polaris Obviously, the feeling when initially listening to the single is going to be different from the prior one, Inhumane, because we did lose Ryan Sue during the in-between period, and I did notice myself at first listening to the guitar melodies and riffs all throughout Nightmare, and finding this increased appreciation for what is ultimately going to be Ryan's swan song on this album, Fatalism. The ease with which the guitar track finds fluidity with what the rest of the band is doing is just exponentially masterful. And it doesn't matter if it's in a section where Jamie is belting out his screams or when Jake takes over on the chorus and delivers this really heartfelt and astonishing performance. There are so many twists and turns that the song takes you through, and in each of them, you're reminded just how immensely talented Polaris are and the strength of their influence over so many of their contemporaries. Nightmare is an accomplishment, just like how Inhumane was an accomplishment, just like how I know Fatalism will be an accomplishment on September 1st. Lost in Days by Unity TX. I last mentioned Unity TX when talking about rock shit, and I was very, very high on that single. I thought it did a great job at kind of allowing the fun side of Unity TX to shine through, and I think Lost in Days is another glimpse into an area of Unity TX where they are one of the masterminds in right now. And what I mean by that is that this song is only about a minute and a half long, but in that short stretch, you still get the exact delivery and the elements and the attributes of Unity TX that make them one of the most exciting bands going right now, in my opinion. I think Shalangji is a fucking powerful voice in the song. I think he is somebody who... Anybody who has an interest in this sort of compact style of metalcore can turn to and look at and say, okay, what he is doing right now, that should be what spearheads this scene. Lost in Days is a tremendous song, and I have no doubt still in my head about what Ferality can do once it's out September 8th, and 
the kind of momentum that I would love to see Unity TX build because they just got off of the Currents tour. They're about to head out with Nothing Nowhere soon and with this album out at the same time, Unity TX can really become that fucking band. And for the final single being described in detail, 21 Gun Salute by Catch Your Breath. I think the majority of you guys listening have at least seen the name Catch Your Breath plastered on your timelines and for you pages by this point, and it's for good reason, because I think the viral fame that Catch Your Breath have achieved is not without the band validating it through their talent. 21 Gun Salute is captivating right from the start with Josh's vocals serenading the pulsating rhythm that backs his voice, and soon enough, that erupts into this giant radio and arena-ready chorus that almost feels second nature to Catch Your Breath given how many times I believe they have nailed this concept by now. Like, it's impossible for myself to hear this chorus and not nod my head and feel like singing along. It is that commanding of one's attention and the energy is constant throughout 21 Gun Salute. When it comes to bands who are on the rise right now and have that potential to become larger than life, not just by scene standards, but music altogether, in my opinion, Catch Your Breath is one of the elites in that regard. And having heard 21 Gun Salute so many times by now, I feel even stronger about that. And since this is a summarized episode, there is a plethora of singles that I really did enjoy, but I don't get to talk about today. So I definitely encourage you guys to go check out Ulterior's Instagram and Twitter accounts to see what else it was during the past few weeks that I was really fucking with. Now, I always try to make it a point to give every album and EP that I review a dedicated spot on these episodes. But for the sake of time and just allowing myself the chance to catch up on everything new, I do have to scale back for this episode. And there are four records from the last few weeks that I reviewed and I really did enjoy. And while I'm not going to get to talk about them extensively, I did want to at least mention them and let you guys know that if these releases are anything within the boundaries of what you like, then definitely go check them out. So there is Amongst the Low and Empty by Signs of the Swarm. This is one of those types of deathcore records where I feel like it gives a good glimpse at where the genre is right now and how captivating the sound can be. Like, I know deathcore to some people might be very same and like a tired formula, but Signs of the Swarm give you an idea of what it's like when a band really takes chances and really takes charge of their ideas and concepts. Coping Mechanisms by Here's to Now. So this was a low-key release of an EP, and the band Here's to Now, I think that this release is a great way for them to potentially and hopefully build momentum, and this type of release that delves into, like, the more, um, how do I phrase this? The straightforward alt-rock side of post-hardcore, I feel like if that's something you're into, then Here's to Now will definitely be your shit. The self-titled album by The Main, I really like some of the darker elements that this album possesses when it comes to 
um, you know, changing up the formula for the main. I think towards the ending stretch of the record, it does kind of lose steam a little bit compared to how high I was on it for the initial stretch, but still a good album overall and still something that I have no reason to doubt that fans of the main were able to receive very well. And then there was Still Love by Teenage Wrist. I don't like it as much as Earth is a Black Hole. I feel like that album was very special and generational in the time period of 2021 that it came out. But Still Love, I think it also does a great job at really hammering in the sort of like shoegaze and downbeat brooding side of Teenage Wrist. And as somebody who can really, you know, find solace in that sort of emo style of a band like Teenage Wrist, I really did enjoy this album. I thought it was great. And now I will go into the album for this episode that will get its own dedicated spotlight. And that's not necessarily me saying that it's better than any of the four records I just mentioned. But I'm doing this because I feel like this is a band who I have spent so much time in various episodes gassing up. And now that their debut album is out, I have so many things that I would love to say about it to you guys. It is the debut album by Not A Toy called Problems. What I remember about my introduction to Not A Toy was that it came after Fearless at Home, which was a live stream event that Fearless Records held back on May 9th, 2020. So it was during the initial stage of the pandemic. For full transparency, I didn't see that event. So I found out afterwards through the State of the Scene podcast about some of the happenings from it. And Apparently, to my knowledge, one of them was a mention about Not A Toy being a new band on that label. So, I looked up Not A Toy's Spotify, and they had just one song to their name at that time, and it was J-Cash. And I wasn't prepared at all for that song, and what it would end up doing for me, because that specific time of my life was engulfed with some really bitter and dark memories not to get too personal on this bitch but the upbeat nature of J Cash provided something for me that I didn't really know I needed at that time but it did a lot in helping me keep me sane in those moments and then their self-titled EP dropped on August 7th and it accomplished more of what J Cash did by providing these hip-hop and R&B inspired sounds that I could not associate and identify with any other band in the scene. Not A Toy existed in a bubble all to themselves and with problems, that is still the case because these tracks are so unique to Not A Toy and can't be abridged in any simple terms. Yeah, I know I just said hip-hop and R&B inspired, but that doesn't actually cover the entire ground that they exist on. Like, like some of my favorite songs of the year so far come from this record like Bad Mood and Nervous, the latter which I did highlight a while back when it was number one in Senior Cover like the week that it dropped, so it will be part of the year-end Top 100 Songs list. The drop that comes after the intro with the lines, She the Queen Bee, She a Meme Queen, Got a Real Mean Gleam Looking Like Summertime Ice Cream, is one of the catchiest things I've heard in a song in a minute and maybe ever. I think Branson Hoog's flow is one of the most 
undeniable key point to this album's success because he can carry the high notes on a chorus like Grown Folk Problems just as well as he can a flow in, say, uh, Dementor, which I did have in the top 100 last year. I think one of the biggest standout moments on the album is the song Soul Slippin', which features Landon Torres from The Plot and You, and this actually had to be clarified on Twitter by the band, I believe it was. Um, it's not plot new Landon, it's solo material Landon, so his inclusion on Soul Slippin', it, it really does have this conjoined factor when it comes to mixing his voice with Branson's, and I don't know, man, I, I feel like they become one on this song, and I know I said that earlier about uh, Telly and Julian on uh, Hate Me, but I really do feel like the same thing was achieved here on Soul Slippin', and then the way that the song sounds like it's disintegrating and combusting at the end, I feel like that kind of acted as like this exclamation point on what it was that Landon and Not A Toy really managed to do. And a lot of the other songs here, they just feel really fucking laid back and chill, dog. Like, Die With You and Super Irrelevant. Just these songs that I can put on whenever I need something to, like, ease my brain. And they manage to do that tenfold. I, I felt the same way about, like, Chase Atlantic. And I'm not saying that Not A Toy sound like Chase Atlantic or that they even really remind me of Chase Atlantic. But I feel like the idea of having these really chill and relaxing songs exist in a scene that can sometimes be very like, you know, go, 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 and not have any sort of like pause per se. That's where Not A Toy really shine. And that's where I feel like they are acting as one of the most important bands that anybody can be championing right now. I only gave this album a 9 when I initially reviewed it, and I feel like I did that because I understood that while I was very high on the album and I liked it a lot, it still had room to grow, and in the last two weeks where I've been able to spend each and every day with it, it's definitely grown on me even further, and I feel like this album is like borderline perfect. It's genuinely a work of art, and it is the perfect follow-up for Not A Toy's debut EP that I feel like not enough people really got to listen to back then, and I also feel like not enough people so far have been able to experience problems, and I really hope that changes, because this is a band that, if you allow them into your world, and you let them, uh, you know, serenade you for the half hour that this album expands, you will be taken aback, you will be impressed, you will be enthralled, you will be captivated, you will be stunned, you will be amazed, you will be in complete fucking awe at what Not A Toy are, and what they can provide for you. And that's sort of it. It's sort of it because that's sort of every album and EP and single from last week's meter review. And I really do wish that I had more time to spend with these albums and EPs and singles because there's definitely some gems in here that I didn't get to show a lot of love to. And that's my fault, guys. Like, I'm the one who put this episode off. I'm the one who procrastinated. I'm the one who, you know, got myself to this point. But I am hoping to correct that course because we're entering a phase of August where each passing week for the next few weeks is going to be fucking major and massive and so many albums and EPs and singles that will be memorable and have a lasting impression on the year when it comes to the wrap-up episodes in December. So there's definitely a lot to look forward to and I will definitely do my very fucking best to be there and cover everything that I need to. Thank you for listening, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and as always, 
for the love of the game, let's make a scene. 